All right. Please turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And then also at the same time you can, um, you know, nowadays it's cell phones and things like that as well. No? Okay, in your Bibles you can put your finger also in Hebrews chapter 11. I'm going to look at those two passages of Scripture. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Now, for those who are in Newcastle Baptist Church, you will know that this is a, our preacher that's standing in front of you now. I normally preach for an hour. If it's shorter than that, people will say, what happened? So um, we'll see if I can do it a little bit shorter this morning, uh, since we've had quite a few things that was, was happening. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 to 18. And in those three wor words, or those three verses, I believe we will be reading three of the most challenging verses in the Bible especially for New Testament believers. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 and 18. Until, or 16 to 18, before we continue though, let's just have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we can come to you in the wonderful, glorious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and that we have the privilege of opening up your word so that we can listen to what you have to say to us. Because, Father, at the end of the day, we... We give you thanks for everything you've done for us in 2013. And Father, we give you thanks for our own lives and what you've done in our, our lives. And we already give you thanks for what you are going to do in our lives, even in the future. Father, for you are the greatest, the most awesome God, the creator of heaven and earth, the unchanging God. And Father, it's such a privilege to come to you this morning and to have your word open and to listen to what you say to us when you say, thus saith the Lord. So Father, I pray that as we listen, please open up our hearts to receive, our minds to understand, and enable me as your servant to teach your people so that we may be edified and apply your word to our lives so that you may be glorified in and through our lives. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. And I want you to listen very carefully because this is the Apostle Paul speaking to the Thessalonian church. And the Thessalonian church at that specific stage were being persecuted for their faith. They were not having a jolly time. They were, had no reason to rejoice or give thanks to God. They were going through a tough, tough time. And this is what the Apostle Paul says to the Thessalonians. He says to them, rejoice always. You hear that? Rejoice always. Verse 17. Pray without ceasing. That means never stop to pray. And verse 18, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Okay, just again, verse 16, always rejoice. Beloved, that's a serious one. Always rejoice, always be glad in all circumstances. Doesn't matter what you go through, whether it's good or whether it's bad, be glad. Rejoice. Verse 17. 
pray without ceasing. That means pray continuously. And this has been one of those verses that I've struggled with since I've started ministry. How in the world is it possible 24 hours a day to pray? What the Apostle Paul is speaking about is an attitude of prayer. No? Be in an attitude of prayer and communication with God 24 hours a day or while you are awake. And when you go to sleep, go to sleep with an attitude of prayer. That's what it means. Verse 18 says, give thanks. So be grateful in everything. And then he kind of adds these words, for this is the will of God. Yeah? This is the will of God. In Christ Jesus. Now I want you to notice those words. Or the word. I want you to notice that one word. It says. Give thanks to the Lord. In everything. See that word? Not for everything. Beloved that's easy. That's the easy part. I mean I can say thank you for the Lord for. The rain. We can say thank you for the Lord for good health. We can say thank you to the Lord for our families. We can say thank you for our friends and our homes. We can say thank you to the Lord for uh, financial stability, if I have it. We can say thank you to the Lord for all the things that we have, whether it's huge or whether it's small. We can say thank you to the Lord for all these things that we have. We can say thank you to the Lord when we talk about church, for church attendance, or for the church's finances, the church's programs, for special events, we can say thank you for all those things. Because it's, it's things that's kind of tangible, isn't it? It's physical. So it's easy to say thank you for those kind of things. But that's not what Paul is saying. He doesn't say, say thank you for everything. Because that would be very easy. No. He says something completely different. Think about Job. You remember Job? Then Job is kind of a reminder that things that we can be thankful for now can change in an instant, can change very quickly. And, and I think our brothers and sisters and those working at Mittel experience something of how quickly things can change. The one moment, go to work, you've got a job, there's stability in your life. The next moment you hear, middle is going to close down. Three and a half thousand people. We don't know how many, but two, three and a half thousand people might be losing their jobs. And all of a sudden, everything changes. Job, he lost his children in an instant. He lost his wealth. In an instant. And he also lost his health. Just like that. It, it just tells us that the things that we can be thankful for can change in an instant. It is not something that stays intact forever. That's the reality of the life that you and I face. I mean... 
the one day I heard, uh, well, I can say I was, I thought I had hemorrhoids, and the next day I heard I had cancer. And my life changed in a moment, in an instant. And it's never been the same again. I can thank God I'm still alive. So I thank Him for my life. It's easy, very simple. There are so many things that we can be thankful for. Or we can give God thanks for those things, for our family. But our family can split up in a moment. How quickly does divorce happen these days? Just like that. Your bank account can dry up. You can run out of money. When we talk about church, church attendance can stop. Or it can just dwindle. And the church can later on close down because there's no more members. We see it all over South Africa. One church after the other, we see it in Newcastle, how churches are closing down. I mean, programs can stop. Finances can dry up. And what do we do then? Do we still give God the thanks? Are we still grateful? You see, the thing is, even if everything collapses around us, we can still be thankful. Because this is what Paul is focusing on. He doesn't want us to be focused on stuff, things, tangible, physical things. He wants us to focus on things that are far above that. And that's why he says... Give thanks to the Lord in everything, in any situation, in any circumstance. doesn't matter what it is, whether it's good or bad, whether it's painful or not. We need to give God the thanks or we need to be grateful in everything. We need to understand that our physical blessings can change in a moment. And when it does, we need to still stay thankful to the Lord. That's true. Because He wants us to be thankful in all circumstances. And, and let me tell you, those people who will be losing their jobs in Newcastle, and, and it's not going to just influence the workers at Middle. It's going to influence their families. It's going to influence businesses in Newcastle. It's going to influence different um, spheres of life in this town of ours. Yet the Apostle Paul says to the Thessalonian church, in everything, give thanks. It's hard, eh? It's hard to think like that. To have a grateful heart, a heart of thanksgiving towards God, and I've just lost my job. How in the world can I be thankful? See, beloved, that's why God doesn't want us to focus on the physical things, because it changes the whole time. What he wants us to do is to focus on those things who doesn't change. Those things that doesn't change at all, that is always stable, because those things will be the things that will carry us through when the physical things change. 
It's not going to be the physical things that carries us through. It is those things that are eternal. And therefore, I would like you to turn with me to Hebrews chapter 13. I want us to read a few verses quickly. Hebrews chapter 13. We're going to read verse 5 to 8. We're going to read a few other verses as well, so please keep your Bibles open. It's so wonderful to be able to say those words, Thus saith the Lord, because the Bible is God's revelation to us. It is God speaking to us. My, my function and uh, Brother Henry's function is to take God's word and to expound it, to explain it to God's people. But we must be sure that the way we explain it, it actually explains what it says. So that at the end of the day, God's people may be edified. That you may be, um, how can I say, uplifted and that you may grow spiritually to become more and more Christ-like in our character and in our conduct. All right, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 says the following. Keep your life free from, from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Remember your leaders. Those who spoke to you the word of God, consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. And in verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I don't have time to expound on this whole passage because it's going to take us a few hours. So I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to, how can I say, uh, touch on a few aspects of this passage. Verse 5 is the first one. It tells us that God is always with us. It says, keep your life free from the love of money. Be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You know that the root of all kinds of evil is the love of money, ne? And the pursuit of money, because people pursue money and they want money and they want more and more and more and more. And that's why we have so much corruption and evil and, 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 and all kinds of things happen in this world because of the love of money. People have a great love of money, unfortunately. But for us as believers, the Hebrew writer says so beautifully, Keep your life free from the love of money. Ne? Be content with what you have. Why? We have a promise. The word of God says to us that I will never leave you nor forsake you. And by the way, this is a promise. Ne? Beloved, we need God more than we need money or things or anything in this world. And if you haven't figured that out yet then I hope it's going to be quick. Because this world is heading in a direction where we are going to see destruction like we've never seen it before. And those who have a love for money and a love for material things and they think they can hold on to those things and those things are going to carry them through, I've got a surprise for you. It's not going to. The only way you'll be able to survive, in inverted commas, humanly speaking, is if you accept the mark of the, de of the, of the beast. Ne? And you worship the beast. But if you worship God, your bank account will be closed. 
you will not be able to buy or sell, which means you won't be able to trade, and you won't be able to eat, and you won't be able to buy anything from a shop. It will be like in COVID where they say, no mask, no entry. It's a fearful time we are going in, but the Bible tells us that the Lord will never leave us nor forsake us. Never, ever will he leave us nor forsake us. You see, God doesn't change. And it doesn't matter what life throws at us, he will, we will never, ever be alone. Never. We won't. Because God is with us all the time. And, and we can see that in 2023, no? The reason that we are here, or the, the mere fact that you and I are sitting here to give God thanks, means that God has been good. It doesn't matter what our circumstances are. Because I am giving God thanks even in my circumstances. My circumstances doesn't dictate who I am. It doesn't dictate if, whether I'm going to give God thanks or not. In my circumstances, I will give God the praise and the glory that is, He is worthy of. So, Scripture tells us and promises us that I will never leave you nor forsake you. God is always with us. And that is unchangeable. Listen carefully. It will never change. Whether it's in this life or eternal life, God will never ever leave His children or forsake them. Never. Verse 6 tells us that God is involved in our lives. And once again, it will never change. We read, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Now, that word helper there, it's got a very interesting um, meaning. It basically means to run. That's what that word means. So the idea is that when we are in need... The Lord runs to our aid. Amazing. It's not us running to Him. It is Him running to us, to our aid. Listen carefully. It means that the Lord helps to run. Uh, he runs to us to help us. Absolutely amazing. Uh, and, and by the way, that's for God's people now. Not for those who are not saved. You cannot claim that promise. God's people can claim that promise and say, wow, what a promise. What an amazing promise. I will not fear. The Lord is my helper. He runs to my aid when I need him. Absolutely amazing. And let me tell you, I don't know about you, but I have seen it in my own life in 2023, how many times God has run to my aid to help me. And it's just amazing. And I believe that he will also do it in 2023, uh, 24. And you know why? It's a promise. God doesn't change. Then go to verse 8, where we read the following words. It says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Praise God for that. 
Praise God that God never changes. I, I, I hear people say, Christians, they love to say it, God is doing a new thing. No. No. We're not even doing the old things right. Why will God do a new thing? No, God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You see those, the promise is yesterday, which means He is part of history. He's part of my present and is also part of my future. And that never changes. Tomorrow, He's going to be in my history or in my past. He's going to be in my present and He's going to be in my future. The day after that, and the day after that, and the whole of 2024. Because God never ever changes. Now quickly turn with me to verse 9 to 12 of Hebrews chapter 13. Verse 9 to 12. The Hebrew writer says the following. He says, do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings. For it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by foods uh, which have not benefited those devoted to them. So you get people that are devoted to making nice food. I like nice food, by the way, but you get people, they are devoted to making nice food. And I mean, every time you eat their food, it is amazing. But what does it benefit them? You get people who make food for a living. Nah, so they make their bread and butter from making food. That must be amazing, by the way. So you just make food and, and you, you actually get paid to do it. But what does the Hebrew writer tell us? He says, For it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace and not by food, which have not benefited those devoted to them. So you can be devoted to making food, you can be devoted to making a living, you can be devoted to any kind of thing. But the thing that you need in your life is to be strengthened by grace. Verse 10 says, We have an altar from which those who serve the tent have no right to eat. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy places by the high priest as a sacrifice for sin are uh, burned outside the camp. And then verse 12 says, So Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. So verse 9 basically tells us that God's grace keeps us strong. We are strengthened by grace and not by food, even though we need food. Eh? Don't get me wrong, we need food. But spiritually speaking, we need grace. And it's God's grace that strengthens us. You see, because God's grace never changes. Food changes all the time. But God's grace never, ever changes. And we are strengthened by His grace. Verse 12. I'm just going to Harry, uh, Harry. Pastor Harry, just listen to me. I'm using your name here. I'm just going to hurry. Verse 12 tells us, 
something about the cost of our salvation. Eh? Look, listen to verse 12 again. It says, So Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. See, that's something that never changes. The salvation story of 2023 is exactly the same salvation story of 2024. What Jesus did when he hung on that cursed tree and when he was buried, when he rose from the dead, is still the same good news as it was last year and the year before and the year to come. It never, ever changes. It stays the same. That's why the church always proclaims the same message, which is the gospel message. That's the amazing thing. You see, God took on flesh, and then he paid the penalty for our sin in the person of Jesus Christ. And our salvation was made possible through Jesus Christ, as God gave his only begotten son to die for our sin. And his death on that cursed tree is what provides salvation for you and me. And the problem is that in the church, the good news can become boring news. Because we hear it over and over and over again. And sometimes we forget the impact. Sometimes we forget what it cost the living Almighty God, as He gave His only begotten Son to take our sin upon Himself. Beloved, there is no way that we can truly describe the details of the death of Jesus Christ and what He went through on our behalf. We just can't. It was the cruelest Worst death that anybody could die in the Roman Empire. But worse than that, the Son of God, who knew no sin, became sin for us. He took our sin upon Himself. He took the punishment for our sin upon Himself. He took the wrath of the Almighty God upon Himself as He died on that cursed tree. And that's the cost He paid. So that you and I can have a thanksgiving service and thank God for 2023 that he's been with us. It's because of what Christ has done on that cursed tree for you and me. And that story, the good news, the gospel, will never change. And Jesus will stay, always stay, the way, the truth, and the life, and that nobody can come to the Father except through him. It will stay the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we can be thankful every day for what Christ suffered on our behalf. Because, wow. The last verse I want to focus my attention on is Hebrews chapter 13, verse 14. And by the way, I don't know about you, but I always see rain as a blessing from God, isn't it? Such a blessing. It's part of God's common grace. It's grace that God gives to all, whether you're saved or not saved, whether you're obedient, whether you are not obedient, doesn't matter. It's part of God's common grace upon humankind, upon mankind, upon people, whether you are His people or not. 
It's part of His common grace, but I always see it as God's blessing upon us. So uh, we thank Him. We thank Him for the rain. But beloved, even if you're standing in the rain, soaking wet with your best suit on or your best dress on, ladies, now with the nice little chichwi shoes and whatever, and you have your hair all done and the rain has just messed it all up, we can still thank Him in the rain. Not just for the rain. You hear me? And the reason why we can thank Him in the rain is because He's given us life. So that we can experience the rain. So that we can have joy and pleasure in the rain. And because He has given it to us. Right, verse 14 says the following, Hebrews chapter 13, he says, For here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. There is a city, it's called the New Jerusalem, and it's waiting for God's people. And there's going to be a day when you and I are going to leave this world, whether it is because we died and we are raised from the dead to meet Jesus Christ in the air, or whether we are alive and we are changed in an instant, receiving a glorified body to meet Jesus Christ in the air, but there's going to be a day when we're going to leave this earth behind. And we're going to be with Christ Jesus forever and ever. And we are going to stay in Jerusalem, the new Jerusalem, that God has prepared for us as his children. And wow, what a blessing. What an amazing blessing God has given us. Beloved, and it is unchangeable that it is true. Nobody can change it. That's the reality for God's people. We are going to stay in a city. And by the way, those who don't like cities, make peace with it. We're going to be in a city. It looks like a square thing. Yeah? Three, fourth, fourth dimensional square something. Amazing if you, if you read what, it, what it's going to look like. But we're going to stay in that city where God himself is the light. There is no need for the sun. And he's going to be life for us. Light for us. Righteousness will reign supreme. What a glorious place it will be. No more tears. No more suffering. Because we are in this new Jerusalem. It is a city that is waiting for God's people. We will rest from our labors. We will enjoy the presence of the Almighty God. It is a place of which we know very little. But we do know that none of the problems of this life will be allowed there. None. We know that we will be with Christ Jesus forever and ever. We know enough to allow us to be thankful because it's one of those unchanging things. One of those things that is for sure, for certain, forever. So when we praise God or when we give thanks to God, when we are grateful towards God for temporary things, for the things of this life, it's good, and it's right. 
But those are not the things that keeps us grateful and thankful. It is those things that never, ever changes. Those are the things that keeps us grateful and thankful in all circumstances, in everything. Because it's actually very simple. If I have to summarize, you and I have a future. And when we are grateful for what God has done for us in this world, if we are grateful for all the things that God has given us and, and allowed us to experience, it is because we understand that there are unchangeable things that we hold on to which will last for eternity. And those things allows us to be grateful in everything in this world that we are living in. Because we will face tough times. Make no mistake about it. But we can hold on to those things. Let me just give you a summary quickly. First is, God is always with us. That's why I can be thankful in everything. God is with me. God is with his people. He's involved in our lives. In every aspect of our lives, God is involved. Even if I stand in the rain and my best clothes have just been messed up, God is in it because he is involved in my life. He is an anchor in our lives. Unchangeable anchor. An anchor that never moves. An anchor that cannot be moved anywhere unless God decides to move. So we can be thankful in everything because God is immovable. Everything around us can change, but God does not change. And it's God in his grace and in his mercy. It's actually his grace that keeps us strong. And the cost of our salvation was a very high cost, but God paid it all. And lastly, beloved, we're able to give thanks to God in everything because we are going to live forever. This life is just but a small glimpse of eternity. A little teeny weeny piece of what is ahead of us. And let me tell you, God made it possible for us in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, for us to enter into eternity. And I want to make an appeal on you this morning. Now, if I was Pentecostal or charismatic now, I would make an altar call. But I am a particular Baptist, which means I believe that God is the one who sovereignly saves by his grace. And I believe that God, in his, through his spirit, works in those who are not saved. And he's the one who draws them to himself as the light of the gospel shines on the evil, dead souls that are dead in their trespasses and their sins. So I want to make an appeal on you this morning. If you have been thankful for everything that you've got, but you are not focused on the things or the reasons why we can be thankful in everything, may this morning be that morning where you run to the only one who can make it possible for you to be thankful in everything. 
That's why we can see Christians being persecuted. And in their persecution, they are grateful. They are thankful. That's why we can see people who are in poverty, who suffer. And you can see them thankful in their poverty and in their suffering. That's why we can see people who have illnesses that is or that can lead to their death at any moment or chronic illnesses and you see them being thankful and grateful in their circumstances for they understand that it's those things that does not change that enables us to be thankful in everything and not just for everything. And if you are one of those people who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you understand that it's internal things that enables us to be thankful in everything, then I want to encourage you to live it. Not only to have lip language, but to live it. That people can see that in everything, you are thankful. And may they hear it from your mouth and from your lips why that is true. It's not because of us. It's not because of anything that we've done. It's not because of our goodness and our greatness and the fact that we are strong. But it's because of what God has done for us in the person of Jesus Christ. Beloved, that's why I'm standing in front of you this morning. When I preach on a Sunday morning, most of the time, let's say 99% of the time, I'm in great pain. But even in my pain, I'm not only thankful, I am grateful, but I also glorify God and praise Him, not because of who I am, and because I want to have a testimony, but because I understand the unchangeable things. And that's where my hope lies. My hope lies in those things that is eternal, that is with the Lord and with Him because He's unchangeable and we can trust Him in all things. May that be true. In this wonderful day where we thank Him for a lovely year that He has given us and we look forward if 2024 is another year, if we, the Lord decides to come and to take us home, so be it. But now, today, we have the privilege to thank him for a wonderful year that we've just had. Well, we've still got a few days left. We can also thank, thank him for those. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, it's such a privilege to come to you this morning. And we've already thanked you for so many things. I want to thank you this morning, Father, for your word. And thank you that we can be grateful in all circumstances, in everything. And the reason for that is because you are the unchanging, the everlasting God, the ever-existing one, the unchangeable God, the ever-faithful God, the God who never lies because he's not human. And we can always look to you as the living almighty God and focus our attention on you 
And Father, thank you so much that your word enables us to look past the things of this world and to focus our attention on eternal things. May that be true in our lives, we pray, as we once again thank you for what you've done for us in this year past. So we pray in Jesus' precious name.